We are in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. So we look at verses 14 through 30 and, and look at a parable that Jesus told that deals with being a steward and being faithful with what He has given us um, as He's entrusted to us. Um, before we pray, or before we go to the Scripture and pray, I, I found out this morning, it, I didn't know, I don't know how many of you knew, but Clayton's daughter, they've called in hospice. I don't know if you've heard. She's been battling with cancer for quite a while. So it's just burdened me all day. I had no idea. Just kind of, you know, you just hear. And I know people have different things they're dealing with, but, you know, I got to thinking about that today. And he just, you know, Clayton said, well... So, you know, let's remember him in prayer with all the other things. But let's go ahead. Let's read our text. It's Matthew 25, uh, 14 through 30. We stand in God's honor. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with a banker so that when I returned, I would have received back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Master... uh... We just bow our hearts to you, Lord. Uh, think of that chorus. Bow the knee. When we don't understand the purpose of His plan, bow the knee. Father, you have given us each gifts and talents. You have made us each with special abilities. We may not feel special, 
that you've handcrafted each of us, as you say in Psalm 139. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Father, that, that's your work. And each of us here are your poem, Lord, your creation. And we need to uh, let you work through us. You made us a certain way for your pleasure. And tonight as we look at your word, we're just reminded of that, Lord. That we have a unique uh, calling and set of gifts and abilities that are yours. May we give them to you. And fathers, we think of our, our dear friend Clayton. As we think of the deep hurt, God. Just hold him. And I pray for the family that you might minister to them with your power. God, just love them. And for the rest of us, God, we come with our baggage. But we have you and we love you. We ask, oh God, that you might show us how good you are and that you're with us. As Lori Grubb said to me this morning, one advantage about being around here for a while, a number of years, is that you've been able to see God work and pull you through when you didn't expect to be pulled through. And so you know that He is able to do it again. And Father, I pray that we might always be reminded of that as well, that you are the God who loves us, and you are more than able to pull us on through, Lord. Uh, guide us as we look at your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Sometimes when we look around us at the need, whether it's need within the church and the body of Christ to do a specific job that needs to be done, and we just look and say, oh man, I can't do that. Or if it's the need of people who are without Christ, and we say, there's just so much, you know. How can I do it? And I guess the truth is we can't do everything, but we can do something. And as we look in the text here, we see specifically that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And as you look in context, uh, starting back in the previous chapter, chapter 24, he speaks to them about the end of the age. He speaks to them about the fact of uh, his coming sacrifice and his return. And, and he paints it in a picture of the wedding of that day of the bridegroom who comes in the middle of the night at a time that's unexpected and how they need to watch and pray and, and how they need to be ready and, and they need to be prepared in their love to God. And, and then he closes the chapter, 31, the end of the chapter, with that infamous sheep and the goats where he talks about the love of God is something that is hands-on. It's something that's relational. And if we don't have that, then we miss the boat in our faith and what it means to follow Christ. You know, that, that great passage where he says, I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes, you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. But tucked in between this section of truth is this parable. It is the parable of the talents. And as Jesus is speaking to his followers, uh, I, I want to look at seven truths that's contained in this parable. 
that gives us insight into being faithful to God with what He has given us, using what He has given us for His glory. There's a story about a man whose dream, he lived out east, but he wanted to be a cowboy. And he finally got his dream, and he bought him a ranch, a cattle ranch out in Wyoming. Got him some cattle. He was all excited. He's a cowboy. Well, his best friend said, I'm going to come for a visit. So some months passed, and his friend called a plane, went out to Wyoming. Beautiful ranch. He said, man, this is a beautiful place. He, he said, tell me all about it. Tell me about your, your herd. You know? He said, uh, okay. He said, we came out here, and my wife and I couldn't decide on what to call the ranch. And we had all these great names, you know, all these great cowboy names for a ranch. And finally we decided, you know, the way to a happy marriage is compromise, you know. You work together. So we decided in that case, uh, we would just combine the names. So uh, we call the ranch the Double R Lazy L Triple Horseshoe Bar Seven Lucky Diamond Ranch. And his friend said, man, that's amazing. He said, but uh, I don't see any cattle. Where's the cattle? He said, well, none of them live through the branding. <laughs> and sometimes when we look around, we see the need and we say, God, I, it's just too big. It's just too much. But as we look at these seven lessons, I think what God's trying to say to you, I'm not asking you to do everything. I'm asking you to hear my voice and do what I want you to do. Because when we work together, and, and, and those abilities and talents that He's given us, we're willing to do our part, and we work together, God does great things. And, and that's the blessing of the body of Christ. None of us are in this alone. We need each other, and the truth of the matter is, um, there are certain things you can do that, that I can't do, and vice versa. And, and when we work together, uh, it's like that jigsaw puzzle that fits together so beautifully. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Hey, in that sense, we are all ministers. You know that term, minister. Because we're all called to ministry, which is just simply serving in the name of Jesus Christ, using what He's given us. So... Uh, let me go into uh, these stewardship lessons. First in verse 14, understand what we have is not ours. Say, what? We are stewards, we are not owners. Look in verse 14 uh, of this text. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. You see, in that day, the, the master, is, as he would take off on a journey, he entrusted his servants with the household. And what he gave to them, he put in their care with the idea that when he came back, it would not only uh, be there, but that there would be more. As they would be faithful with what they had to work and, and, and faithful to serve. And, and so the picture was, that, you know, they knew that what was entrusted to them, it did not belong to them. But rather, God had called them to be stewards of, of it. In 
Psalm 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Well, that's pretty inclusive. The world, everything in it, all who live in it, uh, the, the earth belongs to the Lord. We are stewards. What He has given us, it, it's not for us to hold on to tightly, but it's, it's so that we can use it to glorify and exalt Him. So, so that we can use it to bring Him praise. And, and so that's a first lesson. Lesson number two, we're given what we can handle. Uh, notice in verse 15, different assignments given out. He says, to the one He gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent. And it says, each according to his ability. So the picture here is is simply that God gave talents as he looked at the servants. He said, hey, this is what this guy can handle. This is what I'm going to give to him. And he is to be faithful with what I give to him. God simply, he knows us. And what he gives to us, he gives for a reason. And he just wants us to be faithful with it, to serve him. Now, it's interesting with the talent. Everybody had different ideas what a talent is worth according to whether it's gold or silver or copper. But we'll just use for a uh, a measurement that um, is fairly reliable that a talent, say, is worth today equivalently of $300,000. So we're talking about some pretty big money here. So the five talents, $1,500,000, two talents, $600,000, and the one talent, $300,000. So we're not talking about a small amount they're entrusted with, but a large amount. Uh, you know, one commentator had said up, it could take a, a common worker up 20 years to uh, earn that amount in that culture. And I mean, this, this was, a, this was a, a, something entrusted to them that was, that was worth something. And what God has given us, it has value and it to be used for His glory. I love the uh, the story you probably heard of the the guys that they were in a plane crash. The only survivors on this island out in the middle of the ocean. One guy, he's just freaking out. You know, he's just freaking out. He's saying, "We're gonna die. We're gonna die on this island. There's no food here." The water, you can't drink the water. We're going to die. And the guy said, no problem. I make $500,000 a year. We'll be fine. He said, you don't understand. We're on a desert island. We can't get off this island. Nobody's going to find us. I tell you, I make $500,000 a year. We're going to be okay. He said, no, you don't understand. None of that matters. We're out here. Nobody's going to find us. We're going to die out here, and it really doesn't matter how much money you make. He said, listen, I hate to tell you this again, but I'm going to have to make this really clear to you. I make $500,000 a year. I'm faithful in my church, and I tithe, and my pastor will find me. Anyway, again. You know, not just money. But your pastor and all of us, man, it's easy to love somebody that takes the talent that God has given and uses it. As I look out at you and the different ways that you serve and how through the years you've become tender to me as I've watched you serve in the capacity in different areas God's given you to serve, man, it's a beautiful thing. 
And it's a beautiful thing even that much more to God. He knows you and, and He doesn't call you to be somebody else. He calls you to be you and to do it to the glory of God. To take those gifts and those abilities to use for His purposes. Um, 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5 reads, What after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. He has a task for you and he has a task for me. And he's not calling you to do my task, but he does have a task for you. And he just says, be faithful. Third, we must invest what we've been given. Um, Notice uh, verse 16 the man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. The guy who was given the five talents, there was an excitement and there was an anticipation because he wanted to please the master. He didn't waste time. He went immediately, he went at once, and then he went to work. He had a passion for that because he loved his master. Uh, we see the second guy. Um, so also the one with the two talents gained two more doesn't say he necessarily immediately jumped on the task in order to do the work, but he was faithful to double what he had received. He was faithful with what he had. But then when we see the third guy, we see that uh, he was uh, not faithful uh, to increase what he had. It says, The man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. God says, just be faithful with what I give to you. There's a beautiful uh, illustration uh, that I found in the studies of a young boy named Antonio who loved music, but when he went to try to join the boys' choir, um, his voice was squeaky and, well, he didn't make the choir. So then he decided he loved violin. He tried to take violin, but guess he wasn't too good because the neighbors convinced mom and dad to get him to stop playing violin. But what they did discover is that he had a knack for whittling. He had a knack for working with wood. And so Antonio ended up working with a violin maker. And in the course of his life, uh, he made 1,500 violins. And the Antonio Stradivarius violin is uh, the most precious of violins. They sell you know, like a hundred thousand bucks a piece. He was making beautiful music by crafting an instrument, not with his voice, not by playing the instrument. But God had a purpose for him to take his talent and to use it, and he maximized it for that ability. And that's what he calls us to. Number number four, uh, a day of accountability is coming. Look at verse nineteen. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Romans fourteen twelve says, So then each of us will give account of himself to God. You know, those those things always scare me. I've <laughs> given account to God and and but I think the point is God says to us, you know, I'm watching. And we forget God is watching. And I think that keeps us on our toes, you know, to love him and to serve him. 
Um, we quote Hebrews 4.12 a lot. That, you know, the word of God is living and active, sharpening, double-edged sword, penetrating, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges, thoughts and attitudes of the heart. But do you know verse 13? Verse 13, the verse after 12, says nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before him to whom we must give account. God sees it all. And it's, it's healthy for us to stop and think, God, you're watching me. So how should I act? What should I say? What should I do? Now, let me be a little careful with this. I don't think, you know, this is going to destine us to be separated for eternity from our Heavenly Father when we're not faithful. Because it's not about what I do. It's about what He's done at Calvary, okay? I, you know, and I do think whatever I do for the glory of God, somehow I picture it simply being something on my knees I can just place in His presence and say, Jesus, this is for you. This is yours. So I think whatever I'm able to do that is of merit, it's just going to be given to Jesus because He deserves it. But it's wise to know that we have a God who watches us, a God who sees us, and there's a day of accountability. First John 2.28 says, And now, dear children, continue in Him, so that when He appears, we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. What a beautiful goal. Number five. What we do with what we have reviews reveals our view of God. You know, you had the guy with five talents and the guy with two talents that that you know had a passion and an excitement uh, for for being able to take what the master had given them and being able to increase it, so that when the time came when the master returned, they were able to say, "Here, master, here's what I was able to do. Man, it's so great!" And the master, you know, is able to rejoice and celebrate with that uh, with those two. Uh, of course, uh, we know with the third, he went out and he, he buried it. He hid it, which was a common way of, of hiding something of value in that day. Luke 6.38 also gives us a picture of, of how God blesses a, a generous heart for him. It says, give, and it will be given to you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's a beautiful picture of, hey, God, when I'm doing this for you, with a, with a heart that's full, God, you, you see that, and, 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 and you bless, and, and, and you give. Uh, you know, in this, uh, we see the blessing, there's affirmation. Notice here, um, at verse 21, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. He's saying, man, you know, I'm grateful for your faithfulness. Uh, there was promotion. Uh, look at the second part of that. He says, you've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. So, you know, there's that promotion. Uh, you've been faithful. I'm going to give you more. And then the third thing, there is celebration. Come and share your master's happiness. You, it, a time of celebration. Because God says, uh, uh, I'm blessed by your faithfulness. What, what a beautiful picture that is. Um, I want you to notice too, as you look at the first two guys and the third guys, uh, a couple of points here. Um, with the first two, uh, 
noticed their response, uh, said, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. I've gained five more. The second guy uh, says, "You same thing. You entrusted me with two talents, and I have gained more. The subject here is you. The subject is the master. The fact of the matter is, these first two guys said, Master, you are the one who gave this to me. But I'll, notice the third guy. Um, verse 24, uh, the man who had received the one talent. Master, he said, I knew who was the subject, I. I knew what you're a hard man. Harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. You see, their view of God affected their faithfulness. The first two guys, they saw they, they saw the master as one who rewards the hard work, the master who won who was one that wanted to see him be successful, that 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 wanted him to, to share in the blessing uh, uh, together. And and the, the third guy, he was afraid. You know, he had the knocking knees and, and, and he saw the master as someone was hard and and, and, and mean and, and, and cruel. And it makes just such a vast difference, our view of God, how we see God. God is, is he's, he's not a, a cruel, mean God that's looking for opportunity to zap us. He's a God that wants to bless us. He's a God that wants us to be part of His family, of His kingdom, of His blessing. And, and we're, we're going to be with Him for eternity. And He wants to teach us about Him while we're here. And, and that makes such a critical difference. Um, some differences between the two. The first two were determined to make a profit. The third was determined to not take a loss. The first two were willing to work hard and take risks. The third took no risk. The first two received the gift. The third refused the gift. The first two wanted to advance the master's domain. The third had no interest in what mattered to the master. The first two viewed the money as an opportunity. The third guy saw it as a problem. The first two allowed the master's gift to change their lives. The third refused to let the gift touch his life. The first two invested, the other one wasted. The first two saw a blessing, the third guy a burden. The first two knew the master, the third guy had no clue. All right, two more here. Uh, what, number six, what we have, we must use what we have or we'll lose it. Look here in verse 26. What a, a sad section of Scripture here. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. Um, he lost what he had because he was not faithful with it. And there is an op there is a chance when we're not faithful with what God gives us that He might take it away, that we may no longer have it for His service. Um, and so He says, "Be faithful." A couple of verses I thought of. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 9, it says, One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. We're to work as unto the Lord, not, not just the people, but to him for his glory. Not to be slack about it, 
uh, Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, uh, um, uh, not plowing in season at harvest time finds nothing there. And the picture is to be faithful with, with what we have and to use it and develop it so that God may bless it. All right, last one here. Who you know and what you do will lead to either abundance or agony. Um, Look here at the end. Verse 29, it says, For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. picture here uh, is that a distinguishing mark of a, of a Christian, of one who has a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, is he has a servant's heart. She has a servant's heart. You know, I used to call it um, having, having a spiritual connection, you know, when I meet people, I shouldn't feel like I, it should take me three hours to find out if you're a Christian. I should be able to hear your heart. I, I, sh- I should be able to know that you have a, a love for somebody um, beside yourself. And that there should be that receptivity. There, there should be that connection. And I think what Jesus is saying here that when those gifts, those talents, those abilities that he's given to you, when it's just about you, and yet you claim that you're His, but it's just about you. Something's wrong. Something's missing. And in this case, you know, as He talks in this parable, He said the one who's, who's hid it, the one who's denied Christ, the one who's not given glory to God, not given gratitude to God, as we talked about this morning, well, there, it's a faith that's not genuine, a faith that's not real. And He says, uh, wake up. Don't live... Just talking, you must have it. You must have a faith that transforms you. Um, Matthew 3, verse 8, Jesus talking to the Pharisees. He says, bring forth fruit that, it, um, that is, works with repentance. Hey, you know, not just, not just talk, but, 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 but matches up. Um, to be stewards of what we have. Let's pray. Uh, Lord... As we've looked at these lessons, Father, from this parable, Father, we're all gifted and in different ways. And, Lord, you want each of us to serve you and to take those talents, those abilities, those gifts, and to pledge them to you, Lord. You know, right now we are waiting for your return. You are the master that will come back. And when you come back, Lord... You will come back not as a servant. You will come back as the sovereign king of kings and lord of lords. And for now, you've called us to take what you've given and to be good stewards. So I ask that you help us examine our hearts, Father, to determine what it means to be a good steward. And, Father, to be faithful. Thank you for an opportunity to look at your word. Um, However you want to speak to us uh, tonight.
do that, Lord. I don't know. Maybe someone here, you want them to come and to pray at the altar. Maybe they need to say something before your people. Maybe there's some decision that someone's struggling with, God, one of us, that we just need to follow. I don't know. God, it's all about you. And so I pray that you work through our weakness for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we ask.